Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to another emergency Buckeye talk. Doug Maurice here with Bill Landis from Cleveland.com. Urban Meyer has been placed on administrative leave by Ohio State in the wake of the Zach Smith firing and the allegations of domestic abuse against Zach Smith. Ryan Day is the head coach for now while Ohio State investigates Urban Meyer. But Bill and, ha- Bill and I are here to get really to the, the heart of the matter. And the first question that everybody wants to know how does this affect Urban Meyer's status as breakfast coach? Yeah, underreported detail. Um, will you still be able to get breakfast? We can still joke around just because it's a serious. Just because the football program's exploding doesn't mean we can't make dumb jokes. Listen, we've been writing and reporting this all day. Brett McMurphy broke the story um, and then added this additional reporting today, speaking with Courtney Smith, Zach Smith's wife. We're going to assume that you guys have some level of understanding about this. We've been getting a lot of questions from you guys. We're not going to go over everything bit by bit and restate where we stand. The issue is, what did Urban Meyer know? When did he know it? And what was his responsibility to report that to Ohio State, do something about it, as opposed to letting Zach Smith be an assistant coach for six years. Bill, one of the – and we're going to get to your questions immediately. You can read us at cleveland.com slash OSU. We have a ton of stuff up there. Bill, Brett McMurphy's story had a lot of hard facts about Courtney Smith reaching out. Mm-hmm. She says she was in regular communication with Shelly Meyer, Urban's wife, about this. There were text messages that Brett Murphy had, Brett McMurphy had, and then some of them included uh, – he also had photos of um, some of Courtney Smith's bruises. Um, there was not anything that was a direct Courtney Smith to Urban Meyer situation. And mm-hmm. Courtney Smith then in a video interview said, to her knowledge, right, this is what she said that – to her knowledge, she doesn't have direct proof that Urban know, knew, right? She said she thinks he knew but does not have proof that Shelly told him. Right. Yeah. So I think some people are taking it today as this latest round of reporting from Brett McMurphy proved that Urban Meyer knew about this in 2015. Is that correct? Do you think this proves that Urban Meyer knew that and now all we're dealing with is – What's the fallout of him knowing after he said he didn't know? Or do you think that it still could be possible that he could make an argument, no, I didn't know. 
but how did your wife know? All these other people knew and you didn't know. Is there still room for that opening? Yeah, I mean, I think with sort of all the hard evidence that's laid out, there is room for that. Um, the, the the reporting on Wednesday that did not draw a direct line from Courtney Smith or Urban Meyer, like you mentioned. Also, the fact that we've talked about before, if you go back and look up some of these incidents um, from Powell, Ohio police, Zach Smith's name is not on some of them, including the alleged domestic abuse in 2015. Now, we got those records from asking for Zach Smith's name, and I'm, I would hope that when Ohio State does its due diligence, it also like includes the victims' names when it's looking up police records, which is also what we did when we got the records we got. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think it's possible that like there's still some wiggle room out there to get to that, but that would also mean because I trust I trust Brett McMurphy's reporting. I'm sure you do too, and I would advise everyone else to. Um, that would have to mean that Shelley Meyer knew about this and didn't tell Urban, and I find that very hard to believe. That is hard to get around, um, and. I think if Urban Meyer remains the head coach at Ohio State, that's going to need an explanation on some level. Maybe there's one there, but I, I do think it's important. We're trying to report the facts. We're trying to explain the context. And then we're having opinions, but I'm, I'm trying to keep my opinions based to the facts mm -hmm. that we know. I have read a few things from people that sort of come off as, well, Urban Meyer is a liar, just like we always knew if he knew about these. Right. And it's like, okay, like, right? You, Have can you, say, you can say, like, all the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you read some things that sort of yes. come off like that? Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and like, the if part, if, if the if is true, then you can have that opinion. Sure. But I feel like we're still at an if. Yeah, there's... There <sighs> There's, the, there's the more. if shrunk, the yes, if shrunk today. Absolutely, but there's I feel there's still a little bit left to be uncovered, which is I guess the point of Ohio State's investigation into all of this, because that that's the thing. Like who? There's no there's no legal obligation anymore, right? For for you know the police or the prosecutors or the, like oh, they're not investigating Ohio State because the matters he, Zach Smith was never charged, and they're not going to go back and charge him. And the thing that he's in court for is a criminal trespass misdemeanor. Right. Um, so the only people that can do more digging, I guess, to find out exactly what Urban knew is Ohio State. Right. So that's, I mean, that's where we are now. That's the, there is, I agree, there's still a little bit of an if out there. And that's what we're waiting to hear from Ohio State is what Urban knew and, and not only what he knew, but when he knew it. All right. We're going to get right to some of your questions and then we'll continue to interject some of our thoughts in between the questions. We have a lot of very good questions. I, I think we'll cover most of what you're thinking about. Shaq Harrison, at Harrison Shaq. When will Urban, Urban Meyer address all of this? And is there anything Urban can say that will help him save his job? We mm. Camp starts Friday. We were not scheduled to talk to Urban on Friday. We were scheduled to talk to assistants. We were scheduled to talk to Urban. Is it next Tuesday? I believe it was, Probably. It was either Monday or Tuesday. Yeah. Also, the entire schedule. They're going to start camp. Who knows? When they're going to let any reporters talk to anybody. Yeah. But we were not scheduled to talk to Urban until next Tuesday. I believe we are not going to talk to Urban Meyer until there's a decision made. Yeah, I agree with that. that I, think, I think it's possible 
Well, I don't know, because there is an open investigation, and it's not a criminal investigation, but I think he'd probably be wise to not say anything until it's over. But I guess it, it, there's a small percentage maybe he talks to someone that he's friendly with in the media or tries to get some kind of message out there. But I would I would guess that doesn't happen. I, I would imagine, and I'm imagining that Ohio State was in a, a day-long crisis management meeting on Wednesday. I would imagine that as they came to this decision, which is paid administrative leave – while Ohio State investigates the situation, part of that is you don't say anything. Yeah, they're certainly not going to put him out in front of anything in like a sanctioned news conference. No. Um, and if you remember back, I, I was going to write something about this. I may eventually. Again, I, I lived through Tattoo Gate. Um, you know, there there is the Gene Smith, Gordon Gee, Jim Trestle news conference from sort of earlier in Tatgate that like haunts them to this day, where Gordon Gee said. And I'm not going to fire Jim Tressel. I just hope he doesn't fire me. And it's like you just hmm. – Ohio State's just not going to put anybody out there to say anything that looks ridiculous in hindsight. Um, so I don't think he's going to be out there. So whether it's saying it to the public, which we don't think is going to happen, or whether it's what he's saying to Ohio State, what can Urban Meyer do? What can he say? To save his job at this point, is there are there reasonable things he can say, or is this only about an investigation into what happened? We don't care what you say. We're going to investigate and find proof in other ways, either talking to other people or looking at records that show whether you did or didn't know in 2015, and that's the determining factor. We don't care yeah. what you say. Or can he can he explain this? No, I don't think he can explain it. I think the window for him to say something that that could have you know dissuaded the pressure a little bit was at Big Ten Media Days, and we had a conversation about how he handled that. And I thought he could have handled it better, but but certainly there's something he could have said that along some lines would have been an admission of guilt. But I think he could have done that while apologizing, admitted he made a mistake, whether it was saying he should have never hired Zach Smith in the first place, whether it was saying he should have done more due diligence looking in 2015, whatever it was. Um, I think he could have said something along those lines last week that would have helped him now. I don't think you can go back and say it now. I think now the only thing he can hope for is that this investigation proves him, innocence probably the wrong word, but, but proves that what he said to us about not knowing anything about 2015 is true. Bama Burner at B-B-A-I-N-6-2. I'm curious, should someone be fired if there is no police report back in 2015 and no formal accusations? When does innocent until proven guilty kick in, or is that not something anymore in 2018? I, I want to get to this question because I think it is very important for everyone involved. The people writing about it, me and you, mm -hmm. the people reading about it. The Ohio State fans who care about this, I think you have to be able to draw the distinction between the legal case involving Zach Smith and Courtney Smith and the police and the Powell police and the prosecutors and calling 911 and everything with that. That's one thing. What Ohio State did and didn't do and what Urban Meyer did and didn't do in terms of Zach Smith's employment – and reporting anything they knew under the Title IX obligations of a university, of a public university, that is a second thing. Mm -hmm. Do you think at the moment there is perhaps some murkiness of those two things becoming the same thing? 
Yeah, a hundred percent. That's where all, I think that's where all the confusion sort of stems from. It's almost it's almost like people feel like Urban Meyer Myers on trial for something, and he's not. It's it's an issue of whether or not he did what he's supposed to do as an employee of Ohio State, who allegedly has this kind of information, and we don't know if he did or not. That's what we're going to find out. But it's not to conflate the two. I I, I guess I understand why it happens. One because it's a hot button topic. One because people are really passionate about Ohio State and don't want to see this stuff see this stuff happen. Um, but it's not in my mind. It's not an issue of innocence or guilt as it pertains to Zach Smith. That's a separate thing. It's that right now what we're talking about is an issue of whether or not Urban Meyer did what he was supposed to do as the head football coach of Ohio State. Innocent until proven guilty is a is a penal thing. It's a jail thing. It's a, it's a law term. That is not about you having a job, and so. Zach Smith has not been charged with anything, but really what we're talking about here is, is really not the legal case. Now it influences it because if Zach Smith was charged, if Zach Smith was convicted, all those things, and that was covered up then or not known, that's an extra thing you didn't know, but it's still about as it applies to Ohio State. So I do think there's an important distinction here. And I wrote it in the first column I wrote on Wednesday. Urban Meyer is not the number one person in charge of Courtney Smith's health and well-being as it results to her allegations of her husband and then ex-husband abusing her. Urban Meyer, her husband's boss, is not the number one person who should intervene in that situation. She said in this interview, this video interview, with the associated with the Brett McMurphy report. She said she has told her family about this. She said she told Zach Smith's family. Brett McMurphy's report said that Zach Smith's mom and Earl Bruce, his grandfather, drove to Florida in 2009 to try to persuade Courtney not to press charges then because Zach would lose his job. This is a family issue, and some people are saying Jake Stoneburner and Zach Boren, two former Ohio State players, both of whom played for Urban Meyer, both were Trestle guys, but who played for Urban Meyer, had a disagreement on Twitter because Zach Boren was tweeting, this is a personal issue between Zach and Courtney. And Jake Stoneburner was making the case, he's the coach. He's the coach. So this is a personal issue between them. And any woman who is crying out for help and doesn't get help, that's that's the first thing that matters. But Urban Meyer is not the first person that matters in that discussion. Yeah, that makes sense. But I do think some some of this that there's some of this that's that's being misconstrued, or that Urban Meyer is wrapped up in that. Right. Mm-hmm. The second part is Urban Meyer's. So Urban Meyer would have a duty to Courtney Smith, in as much as he has a relationship with Earl Bruce's family. He knows them beyond just employee and and employee spouse. Clearly, Shelly Meyer and Courtney Smith had a relationship. That's a personal relationship. You have that responsibility as a friend, as a whatever that relationship is. But what we're talking about as it relates to Urban Meyer's status at Ohio State is his duty to Ohio State. Now, there are things in his contract. There are Title IX implications that say anybody who's employed or associated with the university, but especially a position, a person in a position of power, in a position to be in charge of things – 
has a contractual duty, has an obligation as an employee that if you know that another employee is engaged in possible domestic abuse, you must report it. And Ohio State's own policy says it does not have to mean charges or a conviction for it to be rise to the level of domestic abuse that requires reporting. That is what we're talking about. Nobody is asking Urban Meyer to solve everything involving Zach Smith and Courtney Smith. The question is, did he fall short in his duty as the head coach with knowing something and not informing Ohio State and not acting as the most important employee of Ohio State, not acting in the best interests of the university, the athletic program, the football team, and his players? Do you think, again, that people are a little mixed up. Yeah, no, I, I do. That's what I, yeah, that's what I just said. I don't think, and people don't read Urban Meyer's contract. And you wrote a story about it on Cleveland.com that I encourage people to go read that explains some of that. But yeah, people, I don't know. I guess it's part of like the time that we're in. But people jump to outrage right away and, and don't, I think, like do a proper assessment of the situation and realize like what we're actually trying to get to is not the legality of what happened and whether or not Zach Smith was charged or whether he wasn't charged. It was whether or not Urban Meyer performed the duties laid out in his contract as Ohio State's football coach. Charles May at Money May 027. Was Gene Smith aware of any of this? Several of you have asked about Gene Smith. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. My inclination, having lived through the Jim Tressel tattoo situation, where the issue there was was that the claim was that Jim Tressel did not report to Gene Smith, tried to handle it himself, and that's why Jim Tressel went down. To this day, there are fans, there are people who will say, well, Gene Smith knew and Gene, Gene Smith let Tressel take the fall. I have no information to that regard, but you know people who think that. You might think that. Regardless, my inclination would be that why would Gene Smith – or why would Gene Smith cover up for Zach Smith? If yeah. Urban Meyer did tell Gene Smith, what, having lived through Tattoogate and survived that, why would Gene Smith risk his athletic department, his football team, and his own job for Zach Smith? Yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. Um, and you wrote, you wrote the question earlier. But like the, the, the two main questions seem to be whether or not Urban Meyer knew and covered it up or whether or not Urban Meyer was kept in the dark about things. Both are problematic. Both are problematic for different reasons. Um, I just can't imagine the, uh, the athletic director of a major university putting his job, like you said, on the line for the wide receivers coach. Because the whole point of this, which again, I think you guys know this, the underlying thing is why would Urban Meyer put his job mm -hmm. and his program on the line for his receivers coach? And the answer is because his receivers coach was Earl Bruce's grandson. Right. Gene Smith does not have that allegiance to Earl Bruce that Urban Meyer did. And again, we're reading into things a little bit here, but I don't think you have to go far to read that. Yeah. Christian Zilstra, KDCR Chizzy, loyal follower. Beyond the future of Urban, what are the ramifications or sanctions the Ohio State football program could face? I mean, it depend it depends on where this goes from the the Title IX standpoint, right? Right. If that if that that can potentially lead to an NCAA investigation, which obviously can in turn lead to violations. I don't know if we're there yet, 
Um, I guess I guess what we'd have to do is Ohio State would have to do its investigation to figure out what Urban knew or, or didn't know, and then from that, I guess the NCAA would get involved. But until that happens, I don't know if I'm ready to say what you should be worried about. But I only to say that that's lingering sort of on the edges of this as Ohio State tries to figure things out internally. Yeah, that's it's a very difficult question to answer. We have seen other programs. Um, make mistakes under the auspices of Title IX. So this is, again, I think it's important for everyone to understand that this isn't just like, hey, he should have done this. There are federal statutes that public universities must follow. And you can go read it. I have the links in my story. You can go read Ohio State's sexual misconduct policy under the auspices of their Title IX office. It is dense. There, Everything is covered in there. And it's because everything matters. Like it, 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 there, there is not a lot of wiggle room of like, well, you didn't have to report that. Like they, you have to report everything. Right. And so um, that that is where I think the issue comes in, and I just think that's an important distinction between, eh, you know, what's he supposed to do, and like, hey, it's it's in the code. Right. Here's a point that people are bringing up, and this isn't a direct question. But I want to talk about this. I spoke with Larry James, who is a Columbus attorney who was hired by Ohio State in 2011 to represent the players involved in the tattoo scandal. Um, I got to know Larry then. Everybody got to know Larry then. Turns out he represented Zach Smith in 2015. This other people had this reporting first, and then I called Larry James as well. He said in 2015, when the incidents we are now discussing, there's two primary incidents in 2015 around domestic abuse allegations. He said Larry James, as Zach Smith's attorney, spoke to Powell Police, spoke to the prosecutor, spoke to Courtney Smith's attorney, talked to all the people involved then, no charges were filed. I said, did you talk to Ohio State about anything? And he said, I, if I, wanted, he said, I wanted to keep practicing law, so no. Meaning, attorney-client privilege, you're not going to go start telling everybody what's up with your client. Right. But he said, I said, what if, he said, if Ohio State had asked and if he had been able to say anything, he would have said there's not much here. So Larry James makes the point as an attorney who has been paid by both Ohio State and Zach Smith. So, of course, you need to take this with 10 grains of salt. He said, I asked about sort of Ohio State's responsibility in this, in his opinion. And he said, if the prosecutors didn't do anything, if the police didn't do anything, and if Courtney Smith's lawyer didn't do anything more back then, what is Ohio State supposed to do? What more? Why is this on Ohio State when prosecutors, police, and his wife's attorney were involved and nothing more came of it? And in our reporting, and you wrote this story today, we found nine incidents involving some mention of domestic abuse. One of them was Courtney Smith getting pulled over for speeding and crying to a police officer, saying she's having domestic issues with her husband. Nine incidents between most of them in 2015 till now, right? Until, yeah, it was from, we, we put in a request from 2012 to 18, but all we got back was from between 2015 and 2018. Okay. Well, we did actually get – there was nothing else. We did get back some 2012 stuff, but nothing there was is, none. Yeah, right, right, right. right. So if all these other people looked into it and nothing came of it, why is Ohio State on the hook? 
I don't know if I have a good answer for that, but but it makes me wonder why then is there language in their sexual misconduct policy that includes things that don't rise to the level of, of getting formally charged. Right. So on some level, it isn't like Ohio State has told you that even if there is no charge, these things are important to them. It's important to the university, at least to investigate thoroughly and prove whether or not something happened. So I think it's a good point to make. And um, I don't know. I guess on some level it makes sense that, that Zach's former attorney would say that. But maybe maybe it's just like boilerplate stuff you have to include in those policies. But it's in there that Ohio State wants to know about things even if it doesn't rise to the level of a charge. Right. So that would be my answer. I think part of that, again, is the distinction we just covered, which is the police, the prosecutors, Courtney Smith's attorney, they're dealing with the legal issues involving Zach Smith and Courtney Smith. They have nothing to do with Ohio State. And frankly, Ohio State doesn't really have anything to do with the ins and outs of of all those things with the cops. They have a duty to Ohio State's policies, procedures, and the Title IX rules. And so just because... Maybe the police and the prosecutors decided what happened from that standpoint did not rise to the level of warranting charges. That does not automatically mean that on the Ohio State side of things, it did not rise to the level of Urban Meyer reporting it and Ohio State acting. Yeah, and I guess uh, you could say, well, Ohio State didn't know it had anything to investigate. But then we have Brett McMurphy's reports that Courtney Smith shared texts with Shelley Meyer Right. And had another text in regards to this specific incident with the wife of Ohio State's director of football operations. So we are led to believe by the reporting that somebody at Ohio State knew about it, even if the police and the prosecutors and the attorneys did not tell Ohio State. Right. And again, it's one of those things. If if the answer was, and it doesn't seem like this is the answer, if the answer was the people at Ohio State in the football program who knew about it, maybe Ohio State employees who found out about it from their wives – if they went to Gene Smith and Ohio State investigated it and then decided something, we did our diligence, we couldn't find – that's different. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, Ohio Urban Meyer's story is, I didn't know anything. Yeah. And then Brett McMurphy's story says, well, your wife knew something. The wife of your football ops guy who's like your right-hand man and fixing problems, she knew something. So how did you know nothing? Yeah. That's where the issue is. Jason Gilroy, at Jason underscore Gilroy, is there any way to keep Urban and have Ohio State Athletics retain any credibility? I can't see any way this ends other than him leaving. If he stays, the university will look like they're enabling the enabler. Yeah, I think that's a good point. because, And it's not – I want to be careful to like not draw like direct lines between the two things. And if you think I am, stop me. But Urban said that he fired Zach – not because of these allegations in 2015, but he had been looking into Zach's behavior and issues and his employment status before then, and then admitted to you while standing at the podium of Big Ten Media Days that on some level Zach was terminated because it looked bad for Ohio State. Right. And on some level, like regardless of how this shakes out, like it has already looked bad for Ohio State. Now, obviously, Urban Meyer carries a hell of a lot more credit or credibility and, and weight at Ohio State than Zach Smith ever did. But I think that's part of the conversation. Like, is the black guy on Ohio State already too big that it probably it's just better to cut bait, even in the end, if it costs Ohio State a lot of money to do it? Because I, Urban Meyer, if he gets fired without cause, they own what thirty nine million dollars. Is that what it was? Yeah. Like, it could be an expensive firing. But I think there is something to the idea of we just don't traffic in this stuff. So, bye. <coughs> 
that's an important point. It's not only about what actually happened. It's not only about who knew what. It's about the public reaction to all that. And I remember writing right when Jim Trestle was fired in 2011 that the pile just got too high. And it was just one thing on top of another. And it wasn't new revelations that did in Jim Trestle. It was more bad press. They kind of knew the deal. They knew at that point, they knew what the deal was and they hadn't fired him until then. And then a Sports Illustrated story cover story comes out, which is still in my drawer. I, they, I ripped the cover off the one day. I was like, I'm going to save this trestle cover forever. And then like I got caught in the drawer and it like got half ripped off. So you had the magazine with no cover? I think I do. <laughs> um, and it was too, the pile was too big. And I do think it's possible. There are more allegations around the investigation than Dr. Richard Strauss today that, that perhaps I didn't read everything. Like we are not as a hundred percent in tune with that investigation as we are with this because there's so much going on in Ohio state right now, but they already have one thing. They already have one thing that's bad national news with them. This is two. And I, I don't think that necessary. I think that might not play an urban Myers favor. Um, so, right. It's just another thing. It's another yeah. thing on the pile. And they have proven that if the pile gets too tall, they'll just move on. And as ridiculous as it sounds, if it costs them $40 million, they'll do it. And I do think it's possible that regardless of whether it's technically with cause or without cause, which is the distinction between if you're fired for cause, we don't have to pay you. If you're fired without cause, which usually means your football team didn't win enough, but you have time left on your contract, we'll keep paying you, but you're gone. I think it, my guess would be regardless of, of exactly what it is, they work something out. Yeah. And that he's, I think he's not going to end up with zero. And I think he's not going to end up with nearly $40 million if he's not here. He's going to wind up with something in between, no yeah. matter what the deal is. Another question. We have a lot of really good questions. We hope we're trying to cover this. Chad M at Sneela187. Am I naive to believe Urban didn't know anything? It just seems so out of character for Urban to handle himself the way that he did at the Big Ten Media Days. I also don't know how he could have possibly not known. I think that is a very interesting point here. Why would he say, I didn't know anything in 2015, if he knew something? Because you have to know. If there are people that know that you knew, you know, you at this point in time, Urban Meyer did not know what Courtney Smith might say and does not know what Zach Smith might say. He does not know what might come out in court hearings involving them. He does not know. Maybe he knows, maybe, but are there text messages or emails or phone records that would show communication that he knew something? Why would he outright say, I didn't know anything if he knows that he knew something, which sort of then makes you think, well, he's probably telling the truth because it's kind of a dumb lie to tell because you might, it might not be that hard to find out that you were lying. Yeah. That, that is the confusing part for me. And I, I think like there's two things at work. Like there were some things that were written about Urban Meyer and this is, if you don't like Urban Meyer, this is plenty of fodder for you to like unload that in any way you you feel. And I like saw a column that like referred to Urban as the king of sanctimony and talked about how he can, looks to himself as more than a football coach and a life coach is like and is the arbiter of who is good and who is not and like who deserves to be 
in his program or whatever. Um, and I guess some of that is probably warranted. Maybe it's a little strong, but Urban does carry himself in that way. I mean, it's but this same, is a different. But, but I will say about that. Like, they said the same thing about Trestle. Like, is it better when Rick Pitino gets caught? It's like, well, Rick Pitino has sex in the closet yeah, at a yeah, restaurant yeah. with an escort. So we already knew he was a slime ball. So if he's not sanctimonious, then no big deal. He got caught breaking the rules. Like, I, I, I people do that, but it, it it's like, oh, you you tried to act like a good guy and you weren't. I would just rather you be an awful person all the time and then get caught. It's kind of weird to me. Yeah, well, I guess that we're getting at like the hypocrisy of it all, and, and most yeah. of it's from what happened at Florida. Yeah. Um, but going on the podium at Big Ten Media Days and lying to America—maybe that's strong—but like lying to anybody who was watching Big Ten Network and everybody in that room. Yeah, lying is, to us is who asked di- the question is a different thing. Yeah, it's a different thing than like I don't know, like working in some gray area to protect a player who did something. Like he. He vehemently denied knowing anything about 2015. And, and I, to the point where he su- suggested that it was made up. Right. That was a bad turn of phrase. I don't know that he actually meant that. It was a bad turn of phrase that looks very bad. But I think his point was like, I don't know anything. I don't know where this came from. I don't know anything. I, I Somebody, there are a couple people on Twitter who have been on me since this happened saying that my questions – when I was attempting to clarify specifically that, and I was following up with Urban, that my questions were still somehow unclear, that that if Urban was saying he didn't know about any arrests in 2015, and that he maybe wasn't necessarily saying, I didn't know about – I'm not saying I didn't hear some talk about Zach or that Shelly mentioned. I'm just saying I didn't know anything about a police report, mm-hmm. but maybe he wasn't saying – but he said, I didn't know anything. And I don't think my question was unclear. I thought it was clear. And I think that if in that moment, if your answer is, listen, I never knew about these police incidents. I will say that my wife talked to his wife at times and I had some understanding that they were having marital trouble and perhaps she was worried about her safety. I didn't know for sure, but I'm, I can't sit here and tell you that Zach Smith as an alleged abuser is a complete shock to me. Cause I had some, like, I do think there was room in there. And I want to ask this question again. This isn't a Twitter question, but if he had said something more like that at Big Ten Media Days, if he had said, I knew some stuff, I tried to do my best, I realize now I didn't do a good enough job. I've got to learn from this. I need to handle these allegations better. I need to take them even more seriously than I do. If I had known for sure what's coming out now, I I would have fired him. But I didn't know. But I guess if I worked a little harder on it, maybe I could have found out. This is a terrible thing. I hope Courtney is okay. I could not apologize more. Ohio State is going to learn from this and we're going to move forward. And I want to be... An example to people, don't be like me. Be smarter than me. And I can tell you, if what happened in 2009 at Florida, which I knew about, if that happened today, I would fire the guy. I wouldn't wait for charges because I've learned. If he had said that, would we be in a different place today? Yeah, I th- I think probably. The one thing I wonder maybe about that scenario is if in some, if in some way, shape, or form that's taken as an admission of guilt – that he knew something and like didn't do enough about it, he's in violation of his contract, right? 
Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess you would have violated. I mean, again, like I guess like in the court in the court of public opinion, I think it would it would be very different than it is right now. Right. In terms of Ohio State's reaction to it, I don't know. Uh, maybe Ohio State wouldn't feel compelled to investigate it if that had happened and like there wasn't such an uproar about what's happening right now. Because what do you think is the bigger issue right now? The idea potentially that Urban Meyer maybe knew about one of his assistant coaches having issues around domestic abuse and didn't know, didn't do anything, or is the issue more that he's not telling the truth about it? Mm. How would you divide up in the hundred percent pie? Of his biggest problems. And again, we're not saying he knew, but we're saying if he did know, what what percent of the problem is that he knew and didn't do anything? And what percent of the problem is that it like he lied about it last week or it seems like he's trying to cover it up? Uh, I don't know. They kind of go <coughs> hand, hand in hand to me. Like, I don't think somebody asked me this earlier today. Like, I don't think like Urban Meyer wouldn't get fired for lying to the media. Like, I know Jim Trestle lost his job for essentially lying to the NCAA, but like lying to us. While I guess we don't appreciate it and we would hope people are truthful when we ask them questions, I don't think it's a fireable offense. Um, so I would probably give more weight to the first one. Um, I would say probably like 80%, 20, only 20% lying and, and 80% whether or not he knew and didn't do his job. Which then goes to like whatever he said at Big Ten Media Days or didn't say, whether he apologized or not, whether he admitted it or not, this is about – 2015. Yeah. And then and then it comes down to not what he said, but it comes down to is there proof? Did he know? Did he not know? Yeah. And it's basically down to that. Josh Steinman, S-T-E-I-M-A-N. The difference between Trestle and Meyer seems trivial, both hiding bad facts. Is Ohio State also to blame? At one point, they had the biggest athletic compliance department in the nation. This is a big whiff for them also. This is – it's sort of like the chain. It's like it starts with Zach Smith and goes to Urban. Then it goes from Urban to Ohio State as a whole. Right. So as you consider what Urban knew or didn't know, did or didn't do about Zach Smith, then how does it relate to Ohio State and what it knew or didn't know about Urban Meyer or did or didn't do about Urban Meyer? Do you think this is – a this would somehow rise to the level of a failure of the Ohio State Athletic Department if – the end result is whether Urban knew or didn't know, he says he didn't know or he says he knew, but it, he should have done something as a head football coach and we didn't know anything about it, right? Yeah. Or or is Ohio State on the hook for allowing Urban Meyer to hire in 2012 a 27-year-old receivers coach who had a police report in Florida that looked pretty bad? No charges, but should they have should their background check on Zach Smith – have found that report. Should they have enough connections in the greater Columbus area that they know when stuff happens, right? Again, yeah. there's no charges, but there's police reports. Should they have people running checks for incident reports and offense reports on every member of, let's say, the football and men's basketball staff every six months just to double check? Would it be a failure of the athletic program and university as well as Urban Meyer? Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the NCAA, because that's what we're talking about, with the NCAA bringing the hammer down on Ohio State, I guess, when you ask that. I don't know what the NCAA considers to, like, fall under the purview of, like, an athletic department's oversight. And I would guess that something like putting in police report requests every six months on every one of your employees probably wouldn't fall under that. I think that's a big ask. Um, so I don't know if I would say that necessarily would lead to that, but, but, one 
One thing that can lead to it was that you said about whether or not they were thorough enough in vetting Zach Smith when Urban hired his first staff in 2012. Um, and the other thing is that Courtney Smith, in her interview with Stadium, said that there was an open investigation into Zach Smith's domestic violence, that she was surprised in the end that he wasn't charged, but also that she said Ohio State knew about it. She didn't say Urban knew about it. She didn't say Shelley knew about it. She said Ohio State knew about it knew about an open inve- domestic violence investigation into one of its employees. So if that is found to be true, then I think you can tag the entire athletic department with a lack of oversight over one of its employees. The thing that I still don't know, and listen, we're going to be honest, and you probably figured this out by now. I'm going to check. Are you a lawyer? Nope. Did You You didn't get a law degree on your way up here from I your did, house? I did not, no. Okay. We're sports writers. Now, this falls under our purview. We have to be able to write about this. We're doing our best. We're going to talk to more experts. We're going to keep reporting on this. We tried to talk to Courtney Smith along the way. We were unsuccessful. Brett McMurphy was. He got that story out. She felt comfortable talking to him. All the credit in the world to Brett McMurphy on this story. We've been working on this. We put in requests to the Powell Police. We have other things in that we're working on. We're trying to talk to people. We're trying to investigate. We are not 100% legal experts on all this stuff. So we're trying to explain it to you the best that we know it. It's our responsibility to know more than you guys. But we, the story is evolving. And on this podcast, we're just trying to talk to you like we talk to you hanging out with the knowledge that we have. And so we're doing our best. And, and I hope it's helpful. Derek, this is a little more up our alley. Ill Buck one. Why is Ryan Day stepping in as the acting head coach and not Kevin Wilson or Greg Schiano, both of whom have previous head coaching experience? Bill, you wrote the story on our website right now. You guys can go read why Ryan Day, in your mind, is the right choice. Why? Uh, I also think he was the only choice. Um, I, I like my personal opinion. I probably think he was the right choice. Like from a, from a pure football perspective, I guess I think he's probably the, the right choice, but. We all knew what happened with Greg Schiano last winter when he was supposed to be hired by Tennessee and the backlash that came from that. And I'm not saying I agree with the backlash one way or the other. I'm just saying that if they said that Greg Schiano was going to be the acting head coach, that stuff was going to come up again. It's they, about the pile. They couldn't have that happen. If they were to say Kevin Wilson was the acting head football coach, his allegations of player misconduct that caused him to lose his job in Indiana two years ago would have come up again. And you cannot compound one PR disaster with another. So Ryan Day doesn't have anything like that in his background. Um, he's not been a head coach. I think you can question whether or not he's qualified to be in this role. I think that's fair. Um, but I think it has to be a coordinator. I, th- I just think maybe maybe not it has to, but I think if you can make it a coordinator, you make it a coordinator. And the only viable options were Ryan Day or Alex Grinch, who's been here for four months. So I think it, just, it had to be Day. Now, I, I think that it will end up working out for the best that it is Day, but it, on some level, it just had to be him. It's just got to be somebody 100% clean. Yeah. Whether that's fair, it's just it's just the reality. It's just the reality. Donnie, at play in Nintendo, if this is the end of the urban era, who are names to watch as the next head coach? Surely the expectation bar will have to be lowered for anyone trying to live up to the past six years. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it is tough. Like Obviously, Ohio State is it's a top – three job in college football, maybe a top two job in college football, Ohio State and Alabama. Um, the uncertainty about where this could lead in terms of NCAA stuff, I think, would hang over the job search. 
as it would for any any school. Happened at, at Ole Miss. They couldn't like they knew the hammer was coming down, so they just kept the interim guy. Um, but if that is removed from the <coughs> equation, I don't know. It's like open season for name the top ten coaching candidates in college football. Like I, I always talk about Matt Campbell from Iowa State. I don't know if he's quite ready to be the head coach at Ohio State. I think maybe there's a step between Ohio, Iowa State and Ohio State before you would get here. Um, but he's someone I would look at. Um, Earl Bruce did it. Yeah. <laughs> um, trying to think who else. Like I would have said, said like Scott Frost two years ago before the Nebraska job opened and he went there. Um, I mean, it's gonna, if this ends like this, it's got to be clean. I mean, it's just got to be somebody clean. Yeah. Just Absolutely above reproach, and I think I think somebody fresh. You know, it's like well, it could be Gary Patterson, right? Whatever, like you, yeah, like you just get like a good a, a good coach who's done a good job at a pretty big program for a pretty long time. But uh, you've convinced me on Matt Campbell. I mean, I, I somebody who could come in with a little Ohio knowledge and say. Yeah. I understand how important this program is to this state. I understand the last two head coaches, while I greatly respect them, left this program under circumstances that um, are not acceptable at The Ohio State University. And I'm going to tell you we're going to win and we're going to do every single thing right. I'm not going to blow this opportunity and we cannot we can afford no missteps we will hold ourselves to the highest standard and i think if you go fresh you have the best chance of getting that because it's hard man when a guy's been a head coach before it's hard right you might have had to do something yeah you, you did something wrong somewhere so if matt campbell's only been a head coach for a couple of years at toledo a couple of years at iowa state i mean I, that's easier maybe than bringing in somebody who's been a head coach for 10 or 12 years at a big-time program. I don't even know who that would be. Like, no one immediately jumps to mind as someone who's been who's been coaching at the high FBS level for a couple of years at a major program that would leave that job for Ohio yeah. State. Or even, even would be desirable for Ohio State. Yeah. I don't know who it is. But, yeah, Matt Campbell would be – whenever I think about this question, Matt Campbell is the name that jumps to my mind first. I mean, it's just hard. I mean, it's like like Willie Taggart, if he was still at Oregon but hadn't gone to Florida State. You know, yeah, like he wouldn't leave that job. Uh, like, I just it's, – it's hard. Chip. But it's like, but Chip is too, Chip's too. Yeah, he's Chip's, not. Not that Chip's ever done anything. Well, no, it does. Chip has a show cause from Oregon. It's not Chip. Yeah, it's right. not Chip for sure. Um, so if, if it goes David down, Shaw. if David Shaw, David Shaw Stanford. would be really good. If it goes down that way, I mean, it has got to be. It's like clean number one, win number two. Yeah. Um, but everybody will want it. This is an interesting question. I'm trying to do this in a professional manner and uh, do it right. At Judy Garland duh, with two Ds. Jude. Long-time listener, first-time tweeter. Two hypothetical questions. I'm going to get to the second one first. Ryan Day becomes the new head coach. Do the odds go up or down? Ohio State wins the national championship. So let's talk about this football team, this football season. If Urban Meyer does not coach a game... This football season, man, I might have to redo the poll. I'm not redoing it. If Urban Meyer doesn't <laughs> coach a game this football season, how good can Ohio State be with Ryan Day as a head coach? Uh, I think probably as good. Because the question, like whether or not Ohio State is a national championship contender this year, it's all about the offense. 
Urban wasn't going to have any say in the defense anyway. And I think we think maybe it was going to be pretty good with, with Shiano and Grinch coaching it. Um, I think the question surrounding the offense was what do they do with Dwayne Haskins and how much freedom is Urban going to give Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson to run the thing without getting involved? And I know you always say you can't, he can't meddle in the offense because it's his offense, but I don't know a better word than metal, better word to use than metal. Um, that element would obviously be removed. So I think there's an argument to be made that maybe the offense, I, don't, I wouldn't say better because that would imply that like I knew it was going to be if Urban was still the head coach, but like Ryan Day would get to do what he wants to do. And I don't know necessarily if that's going to be the case now. So I don't know. I don't, I don't think their chances of winning a national title or contending for the big 10 would necessarily drop, but I don't think I can go up. No, no, no. Okay. I think it would just kind of like I like be the same. Urban Meyer is one of like the five greatest coaches of all time. I want to sit here and tell you, oh yeah, his offensive coordinator is better than a national title. Like I yeah. can't say that. Um, but I don't think I don't think it would necessarily drop. So here's the thing that I think is an important distinction between what happened in 2011 with Luke Fickle and what would happen with Ryan Day this year. Both of them would inherit everything. They wouldn't be able to change anything. Luke Fickle took over earlier and had a little more time to adjust. But the bottom line is you'd be coaching somebody else's staff. The structures would be in place. The problem for Ohio State in 2011 primarily was not Luke Fickle taking over. One of the things was that Daryl Hazel had just left, Jim Tressel left, and Jim Bowman was left of the offensive coordinator, and you'd lost two of the main offensive minds. Jim Tressel did not have an offensive coordinator like Ryan Day or Kevin, or Kevin Wilson, Wilson or Kevin Wilson. So they lost the head of the snake offensively when it was all on Jim Bowman. Jim Bowman as an offensive coordinator was a facilitator of Jim Tressel's ideas. That's also what these guys are, but they have a lot more of their own ideas than I think Jim Bowman had. And Kevin so, Wilson is a proven offensive coordinator at multiple programs. Yeah. So that would not be as devastating. And the second part is Ohio State, they lost Terrell Pryor. He was gone. They ended up playing Joe Bowserman and freshman Braxton Miller at quarterback. Dan Heron and Mike Adams and Devere Posey, all their best players were suspended. This is just a coaching move. So it's like, oh, Luke Fickle. Oh, he, blew. He, didn't have, he didn't have his players. He didn't have his players. So there's no, there's none of that here. So I think if you're, if you're saying, oh, God, in, in 2011 they went 6-7, and seven, we're screwed – it's you, Ohio State fans, saying that. That's not the case here. And I do think the one thing – I think the thing that Urban Meyer does best is set up structures for winning. So there was a, there's a recruiting structure set up. There are facilities set up. There are champions table and red, gold, blue and all these motivational structures set up. There's a weight room structure set up. And assuming the structure stayed in place, that it's just Urban Meyer's gone, and Mickey Marotti's here, and Mark Pantoni is here, and all the other assistants are here, I think they, I think Ryan Day could steer Urban Meyer's car, because basically all it would be is that Urban Meyer got out of the driver's seat and Ryan Day slid over. When Luke Fickle took over, Jim Trestle got out of the driver's seat and Luke Fickle slid over, and there was like no alternator, and three of the tires were flat. <laughs> And there was rust in something that shouldn't be rusty. So that's, that's a different 
situation. I do agree with you that I think right now they could almost be the same kind of team. And then next year, if it's a new head coach, whether it's Ryan Day gets the full-time job or they hire somebody new, then everything changes. Yeah. Now, I think if the new coach was smart, he would keep a lot of the, the things in place. Not that you want to run Urban Meyer's program, but there's a lot of stuff here that's working. So I don't think you want, like, even when Urban Meyer came in, it was like, well, they, they, they fixed up nutrition. They modernized the recruiting. They modernized the playbook a little bit because there was some stuff with Trestle. I think that was getting a little stale anyway. Yeah. And I had this big conversation with Urban Meyer in Chicago. There's a lot of stories we reported in Chicago that are going <laughs> to die on the never vine. Never going to see the light of day. Yeah. We'll make a secret web page <laughs> for you guys where you can read the stories that will never be written officially for cleveland.com. Um, Urban Meyer was talking about how you can't maintain, you always have to build. You don't want to get, you don't want to get static. And he was very invested in that. We got to keep building. We're building a new recruiting room. I'm still pushing the assistance. I, I just think there's a lot in place that's working. It's just, you'd lose the guy on top. What was the level? Cause I wasn't around in 2011, even with all those changes. And if the coaching staff was kind of a mess, like what was the level that you observed of of the team like rallying around Luke Fickle? Because I think that's an important question. Like even if if Ryan Day has to be the head coach this entire season, will the team rally around him? I think that matters. Yeah, I think there was not a ton of rallying. I think a lot of that was related to anger at the players involved. I think there were guys on that team who were mad at the players who committed the violations, even then and. Though when some guys think they got a raw deal, I think they were still upset that like, how could you do this to the team? I think there was some more infighting there. I mean, they lost, they lost a lot of top guys. Um, and those guys loved, it was just different there because there was a feeling, I think, among some people that there were these certain players who took down Tress. Mm -hmm. So there was a loyalty to Tressel and an anger about how things went down that did not lend itself to rallying. Okay. Um, now, there might be players here who are mad at Zach Smith, but Zach Smith's gone, right. and they're fine without Zach Smith, for sure. We know that. And so I think there is a greater possibility of rallying. And as we've said before, there's a lot of young guys on this team who have been waiting for their chance. And, you know, Chase Young and Nick Bosa and Jeffrey Okuda and Baron Browning and Thayer Munford and J.K. Dobbins and Dwayne Haskins, like, they don't get another shot at this. Like, you get a brief little career. Whoever the head coach is, they've been waiting to lead a team. They're going to lead a team. So I think there's a chance at that. Do you also think there's a chance that they love Urban so much and if Urban is left without a job that they will resent the university and not maybe feel compelled to play in a way that makes them a championship caliber for a university they are currently not a huge fan of? I mean, that's the most difficult thing in this. It's almost easier for the university if, like, it's cut and dry. There's no doubt. Like, this guy broke a rule. He's got to go. When there's division within the fan base and division within people around the team and within the team of should he have been fired, should he have not been fired? Are you are you mad at Gene Smith? Are you mad at the board of trustees? Screw this university. They took down her. That's harder. It's yeah. like it's almost like the word like if it's bad enough to be like oh like everybody would agree that guy had to go then you're united if there's conflict then we see conflict on Twitter right now about it that's hard that's hard so I do think um, there could be that depending how it goes down yep Evan Imel has a couple. I think we did some of this he had a okay. Is this the biggest test, Evan Imel, E-V-A-N-I-M-E-L? Is this the biggest test to Ohio State's indestructibility 
based on our conversations and our stories a few years ago. Um, we had said then the point was <clears throat> all these great powers, Alabama, Michigan, USC, Texas, these great traditional powers, we've all seen lulls, and you've never seen an extended lull. Now, Ohio State had the one year of six and seven, but they've never had an extended lull, basically since Woody. Because even Earl was nine and three. Earl got fired for going nine and three. Cooper got fired for going two ten and one against Michigan, but he won double digit games every year. Yeah. He had great recruits. Would that threaten this? Do you think that this could cause a lull in the Ohio State football program? Yeah, I do. And like part of it was obviously when we wrote that, and I think we made mention of it, like anyone is susceptible to scandal. No one is impervious to that. Um, that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about resources, recruiting base, making good hires, all that kind of stuff. But I do think if, if this leads to a scenario where Urban Meyer is no longer the head coach, I don't know that whoever replaces him can recruit the same way that Urban recruited. And if Ohio State is left to rely a little more on Ohio, a little more on the Midwest, and less on getting guys out of the South and out of Florida, out of Texas – that it will take a step back a little bit. It's not to say that it can't ever compete for a national title or compete for the Big Ten again because nobody in the Big Ten recruits that way other than Ohio State. I think it would just sort of maybe regress back to the pack a little bit in terms of the Big Ten, which could lead to you know, some eight, nine win seasons not contending for the Big Ten every year, which under our definition would put a dent in the indestructibility factor, I guess. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's funny to say we talk about all the time how good the Big Ten East is. I mean, they could still be good, but all of a sudden, if they're not quite as good, they could be the fourth best team in the East pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I think they could be okay. Um, I think there's a, an important different, and again, we're very early on this. It, it's not just what goes down, but how it goes down. I thought a black cloud could hang over Ohio State for a while after the Trestle stuff. And Urban Meyer, I think, was the only guy who, who could push those clouds away as fast as he did. I don't think there's another coach in the country. I don't think Nick Saban could have come here and gone 12-0 and because Nick Saban didn't grow up with a Buckeye in his pocket. Yeah, there, you, Urban Meyer was uniquely qualified to do that. Um, I think there's a distinction here. If Urban Meyer made a mistake and gets fired, I think he could take most of the negativity with him. And if you get Matt, and they're going to get a good coach. There's not another Urban Meyer. There's not another two-time national champion sitting out there who's from Ohio and is unemployed because that was a miracle. Was it? Was I'll tell you about it after. It has nothing to do with this discussion. It's after the podcast. All right. So that guy's not sitting out there, right? But I definitely think it's possible that Matt Campbell or Guy X, good hire X, could come in and do most of the same things if. We find somehow, and this again is all speculation. We have no proof of this. But if it's more a program-wide thing, if somehow there was a culture at Ohio State where everybody knew about alleged domestic abuse or had proof of domestic abuse and nobody did anything about it in the name of protecting football, and now you have to question the culture of the program, it's not just the head coach. It was everybody there. Yeah, That's different. Because the thing that is important in this is, could anything happen here that the next coach, when they're coming in, they go to recruit a highly a highly valued kid, and the parents of that kid say, we don't want our kid going to Ohio State. For sure. They allow domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. 
Like, is there a part of that? Like, if that lingers beyond Urban Meyer, if it becomes not an Urban Meyer thing, but an Ohio State thing, then I think you could be heading for that. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, that scenario, I think you're heading for something even worse than what I like. I, I'm laying out like eight and four. You're laying out like a significant step back for the football program. If, if you are dealing with, you just, you, you guys get it. If you're if you're dealing with something that sticks to the program and the values of the program, although I will say, not to compare the two things, because that's not what I'm trying to do. It doesn't get much worse than what happened to Penn State. And I was I was gonna compare, then I backed off the compare, but you go. That didn't happen, or if it happened, it didn't last very long. Right. And maybe it's because they made a really good hire in Bill O'Brien to bridge the gap to James Franklin. But if that didn't completely tear apart Penn State then I don't know what completely tears apart any program. Valid point. Dave Fitzgerald at Buckeye Fitzy. If this is the end for Meyer, will it be considered a more successful run than Trestle or less successful? Now, you didn't cover the Trestle era, but they won the Big Ten all the time. He uh, dominated Michigan. Uh, He won Ohio State's first national title in 34 years. But it did feel like everything picked up a level with Urban Meyer. I mean, Jim Trestle didn't go, f- what's Urban? 48 and three in the Big Ten? Yeah. In six years? I mean, Trestle didn't do that. Now, the Big Ten's, you know, uh, Trestle also took advantage of a down air in the Big Ten. But I, I guess, and I, I'm going to switch the question a little bit for you. Um, how much would a bad end change the view of the six years? Um, like it wouldn't erase what happened. Like, I don't think people would feel any differently about what happened in 2014. Like, I think they would still look back on that team fondly. I think they would respect what Urban did in terms of modernizing the program, like you said. But like, I feel like Urban at the moment, is it too strong to say that Urban, like before last week, was on track to get like a statue somewhere on campus? Yeah, and so was Trestle. I mean, I wrote, I was writing a story about like Jim Trestle's legacy and how he's cemented himself in Ohio State history like that summer like as he was breaking the rules. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. So, like, yeah. I think it's possible to separate the two. Like, I, I don't think any of the on-field success that Ohio State has had the last six years will be tarnished, but certainly Urban Meyer's, Meyer's personal legacy would be. And I don't know. Like he would – I. It's not that he would be completely forgotten and people would still respect him, but like Urban Meyer way is not going to exist on Ohio State's campus and you won't see a statue of him where I think otherwise you would have. I mean, I think it is interesting. To me, by the end, Trestle after 10 years, Trestle and Ohio State were synonymous. I think it's interesting here, as much as Urban Meyer is like a Buckeye through and through and from Ohio and you guys know all that stuff. He coached six years at Florida. He coached six years here. If this ends up the worst it could end up that like he really did make some serious mistakes here and he loses his job over it. I wonder if fans or if some segment of people will just chalk it up as like, well, urban, you know, he won a lot of games, but he was the same guy in Florida that he was here and he got caught and that was it. And we're moving on. Like they almost could, could Ohio state fans extricate urban Meyer from the program more easily and more quickly than they did Trestle. And I also then wonder like what the legacy would be because, again, I think what happened in the moment, there were still a lot of people who supported Jim Trestle in the moment. 
Over the years, we've heard all the arguments oh, compared to Penn State, compared to this. It's just a couple of tattoos. My gosh. They, yeah. The NCAA overreacted. Ohio State overreacted. I mean, Jim Trestle was held up on, on his players' shoulders a year after getting fired here. And if Jim Trestle showed up on campus now, um, he'd get a standing ovation. Absolutely. If Urban Meyer – Yeah. He, I mean, there, he's in the Hall of Fame. It's all, yeah. If – and we're still up to if. The if has shrunk, but there's still an if. If this is as bad as it could be, this is real-life stuff. I wonder – I wonder this if Urban different. Meyer would would not be viewed the same way in hindsight because maybe this is a little different than guys yeah. getting tattoos for trophies. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, this isn't tattoos. If, 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 if. 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 So, listen, we're trying to just talk to you guys to explain this. We're trying not – I'm not convicting anybody. I'm not saying we know. We're trying to report this. We don't know. I think it is unfair – to write something that like Urban Meyer is terrible if, because then if it's not the if, do you still think he's terrible or not? Um, I, I don't think that's fair. I, I don't believe, and I'll listen, I have, I can show you the emails in my inbox. I don't know if you've gotten any so far, Bill. I have not yet. I'm actually surprised I haven't. I, I can show you the emails from people who say I'm too hard on Urban Meyer. It's just allegations. Haven't you ever done anything bad in your life? You're convicting somebody with no proof. And then I can show you the ones that say I'm an Ohio State homer that's defending Ohio State to the nth degree, and I should be ashamed of myself. Um, so that means I think we're in the middle. Yeah. So I think we're, we're not trying to leap to any conclusions. We're trying to spell out what the realities are if things go a certain way. And so we have a lot of great questions we didn't get to, but I would think we, we covered most of the main topics you guys asked about. This is my final question for you, Landis. What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I, have, I haven't, I haven't figured that out yet. Um, I don't even like, I don't, I don't have an opinion on what I think should happen. Because I still think there's a little bit left to be uncovered. Um, I have a really hard time envisioning how Ohio State, even if it finds nothing in its investigation and is well within its rights to reinstate Urban Meyer as head coach, how Urban and the program and the university can kind of just like proceed with business as usual. Um, I just don't like it's not going to go away. I don't at least not anytime soon. Um, and it's going to follow them throughout the season. Anytime Ohio State does something right or is getting lauded for success on the field or whatever, it's going to be, yeah, but this thing. And we talked about like the PR aspect of it and so sort of saving face, even if it costs Ohio State a lot of money. I'm inclined to think that it might go in that direction either way. So I don't know what I think should happen, but at the moment, I'm inclined to think that Urban Meyer will not be the head coach at Ohio State again. Your guess right now would be that Urban Meyer, whether he decides to step away, he gets fired, okay, whatever. Um, I'm not saying I think he's guilty or complicit in anything because we don't know that yet. But I'm just saying that this seems particularly difficult to put the genie back in the bottle. So I was prepared. I think we both were prepared for a statement from Ohio State on Wednesday. What's today? Wednesday. Wednesday. Right? From Ohio, State of Ohio State, they didn't say anything all day. 
it gets to be after 5 p.m. You know they can't. You can't send the world to bed having said zero. Yeah. So you knew something was coming, and if they hadn't said anything by five o'clock, it's like why haven't they said anything yet? And the only answer could be because they're doing something. They're not silent just because they're still thinking. They're silent because they've made a decision and they're now putting the decision into action. So I was prepared for a statement that said Urban Meyer was no longer Ohio State's football coach. I thought that was entirely possible on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Clearly what they were doing is getting their ducks in a row with with Colin Ryan Day saying, you're going to be the interim guy. Get ready for this. And lining up with Urban what an administrative paid leave means. Talking to Urban's people, figuring out what this investigation is going to mean, all the details of this. What's Urban going to say? What's Gene Smith going to say and not going to say? By the way, make your point before we conclude. Make your point that you did about the statement that Ohio State put out. I thought it was interesting that there was no statement from Gene Smith. And there was a university statement and then there was a statement from Urban Meyer in which he spoke for Gene Smith. And I thought that that was a little backwards. I, I just, I think Urban Meyer is certainly entitled to put out a statement, but his statement should not be the only statement. And Gene Smith should have said something. Would you allow a coach you were about to fire to put out a statement on your university letterhead? Good point. Talking about what he and the AD decided was going to happen. Probably not. So I've gone back and forth on this. I thought he could have been fired Wednesday. He wasn't. So my immediate reaction was, well, now he's got a chance because he could have been fired today. He's got a chance. And I've been talking to a lot of people. A lot of people I respect think he's gone. Not everybody think he's gone. thinks he's gone. The argument that I articulated from Larry James, Zach Smith's lawyer from 2015, that's, that's a version of the argument that may be made. The cops didn't do anything. The prosecutors didn't do anything. What's Urban supposed to do? All right, maybe by the letter of the law of Title IX, maybe there's a little hit there. But, okay, all he knew was like his wife told him something once, but he didn't know, whatever. I think that's an an argument that might be articulated. Um, So I thought, okay, he's got a chance to survive this because he survived Wednesday. Then I thought when I was researching the Title IX stuff, it seems like in his contract that if you want to fire him for cause, which means you don't have to pay him, you can't just fire him. You have to give him a chance to make his case. And this is where Ohio State got in trouble with former basketball coach Jim O'Brien. They fired him before they officially had everything lined up about his NCAA violations. Then he sues because it turns out he did some wrong stuff, but they fired him before they proved it. So you've got to go in order. Ohio State knows you've got to go in order. So then I thought, okay, this might just be a technical issue. That if they're going to fire him, maybe they've decided they're going to fire him, but they just have to put him on administrative leave first while they do this investigation knowing that they're going to fire him. And then I thought maybe this is just treading water and he's done. So I don't know. And then I think the other component is if there's a part of this, this is a difficult thing. And we're talking to you guys like we're just talking to friends. If there is proof in the Brett McMurphy story and from what Courtney Smith is saying, that Courtney Smith told Shelly Meyer, and if somehow Urban Meyer's defense is, well, my wife didn't tell me, I think that's a very difficult position for Shelly Meyer. Mm-hmm. Now, she's she's not an employee of the football team. I think there's maybe she's a nurse at Ohio State, a part-time she is, thing. She is listed under the faculty of the College of Nursing. I don't know if she teaches a class or not. So that's a thing, but I mean, like, that's a minor thing compared to the head football coach. That may, 
means she had some required duties under the law as well. But again, like I, that's such a side issue that I'm not getting into that. It just would be, I feel like, I feel like if he stays, there needs to be an explanation for like, well, how come your wife knew everything and you didn't know? And as you go down that road, that's not a, that's not a fun road to go down. And so like, maybe they just don't want to go down that road. That if the explanation is, well, for lack of a better word, like you've got to blame Shelly to keep your job. Maybe Urban and Shelly say, well, we're not, I mean, like, that's not the deal. Yeah. We're not doing that. We'll just leave. Mm-hmm. So I think that's possible too, that it just is, it's just sticky. And Urban Meyer has, was burned out once before. Um, his oldest son just went to college. He's got a, his, got a grandson. His other daughter is getting married. Like if they just went back to Florida by the lake house and just said, we're done and we're going to go live our, our lives with all the money that Urban's earned over the years. I, I would not be surprised at that just because we're not going to put ourselves through this because this story is not just this story is a family story. And it's just that's a the I think it's maybe the most difficult part of this is and I was trying to get language on this. I, again, I'm not 100 percent expert on Title IX. There were some Title IX things I was reading, not on Ohio State's website, that seemed to differentiate between what you learned in a professional capacity and what you learned in a personal capacity. <clears throat> And I'm not sure that the relationship between Zach and Courtney Smith and Urban and Shelly Meyer is entirely professional. Yeah. It's different than a relationship with another assistant coach and his wife. Yeah, I think Urban painted that picture with what he said about 2009. That you only know because you hired them. They know Zach Smith anyway. If Zach Smith had never worked for Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer and Shelly Meyer I think would have a relationship with Zach and Courtney Smith. So I don't know if like by the letter of Title IX, that's a complicating factor. Well, listen, Shelly Meyer wasn't talking to Courtney Smith as the wife of the football coach talking to the wife of the assistant coach. They were talking as friends. And if Shelly Meyer is talking to her friend and no charges were ever pressed, and then it's like she didn't tell her husband what's going on with her friend. She didn't reveal every single little detail. Should her husband be fired for that? Now, if she's acting as the coach's wife and she is a conduit to the staff, I think that's slightly different. Yeah. But how do you parse – she was just talking to Courtney. How do you parse what she was – she was both. She was neither. It was like – so it's just complicated. And I think it's possible it's complicated enough and it's messy enough that maybe the Myers just say we're out. Yeah. I think Which is what you said. Because you didn't say you think he's going to be fired. You just said you think he won't be the coach anymore. I think there, I think there are just more avenues to him not being the coach anymore than there are to him staying. There's Because there's one for him staying. It's Ohio State does an investigation and nothing's found and he's reinstated. But there are probably three or four that end with him not being the coach. And only one of those is that Ohio State fires him. And I do think even if Ohio State does an investigation, finds nothing, and he's still the coach, he still has to do something else. He has to apologize yeah. or explain or get into something about how, well, how did you not know that even that? Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not over if they reinstate him. Like in right. some ways, it's only just beginning. Right. Because there's, you have to, part of it, and it's not, I don't want to pretend like this is a similar concern, but like if Urban Meyer is reinstated, for however long he's the coach moving forward, he's going to have to try to get players with every program in the country using this against them in recruiting. Yep. 
And that's not going to be an easy thing to deal with. Yep. All right. Oh, I wanted to ask you. Yeah. So, cause, and it's backtracking a little bit, but I thought your point about the gene and urban statement was good in, in terms of maybe suggesting a, a collaborative effort between the two of them to put the right kind of message out. That they're still in this together a little bit. How does naming Ryan Day the acting coach fit, fit into that? Because my inclination would be that if Urban has somewhat of a say in it, he would want Greg Schiano to be the acting coach. Right. Because he's not – there's not a coach on the staff he's closer with than Schiano. Right. And he said multiple times that he's the best coach he's ever been around. Right. I think he'd want that guy in control. Not that he doesn't like Ryan Day. I just think maybe he'd feel a little more secure with Shiano running things in the interim. And Shiano wouldn't be here unless Urban Meyer was the head coach. Right. Greg Shiano was an NFL head coach who came to be a college coordinator. He would only do that with Urban Meyer because of their personal relationship. Uh, I think it's possible that Gene said, listen, we're going to do this. We're going to name an inter- interim. Urban said, make it Shiano. And Gene said, no, we can't do that. We're not doing that. Yeah. Like, you don't get to pick. Like, we're still in this, like, maybe we're, we're in this together still, but you don't get to pick that. So, um. He would, Urban would understand the PR implications of that. Or, or that it's not, I mean, or it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, but the other thing is, I think to your point, if they had named Shiano, I would believe that Urban was safe more. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Like, your best friend who kind of had a weird thing just happen got named the interim. That feels like more of just a very temporary placeholder. Here are my keys. I'll be right back. Yeah. As opposed to here's this other guy that isn't nearly as connected to you. Yeah. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for reading at Cleveland.com. We're doing the best we can. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. We'll try to take you through this. We want to be your guide, right? Brett McMurphy has done some great reporting on this, undoubtedly. There are lots of places where you can read about this, uh, locally and nationally. But I feel like one of the best things we do at Cleveland.com is to be your guide in situations like this. Sometimes it's situations they lost to Iowa. What are they going to do? And I think we guide you through that, helping to provide contact and explain. But I think when it really gets serious like this, I think – What we do best is a mix of reporting and analysis, presenting it in several different ways, writing several different stories on it. Um, I think sometimes it's good that we're willing to say, like, we don't know everything about everything right now, but we're going to tell you what we know because it's important for you to have some of the facts. We're not going to wait for eight hours because we're – triple checking every single thing we're going to tell you what we know now as we continue to work so um we're going to keep doing that read cleveland.com listen to buckeye talk again camp starts friday there is still football to cover but i would not expect a ton of stories about who's going to win the right guard job for a little while we've got to deal with this first um we will be back with the regular buckeye talk next wednesday with tim bielik he'll be back for that um for now, follow us on Twitter at BillLandis25, at Doug Maurice, at Tim Bielek, at Buckeye Talk Pod. Thanks again for your questions. For Bill, I'm Doug, and that was Buckeye Talk.